Hey, we know all you out there have been getting manscaped. You're feeling fresh. You're feeling clean. And the reason we know that for a fact is that they are currently sold out of that perfect package 3.0 kit. But fear not, fret not. Those of you who wish to stay up on your cleanliness during this time, you can still get manscaped. You can get yourself refreshed on that spritzer, on that shower gel, on that deodorant, on the most comfortable pair of boxers you have ever worn in your life. And you can still get yourself a new lawnmower 3.0. You use that code DNBR20 at manscaped.com and you will get 20% off plus free shipping with your order today. In the air, deep right center field. Oh, I came in early on the drums. Terrible. Uh, hey, welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your purchase of that CBD-infused and deliciously rich Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With us, as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And joining the show from Rock's Pile, running the show over there, our good friend, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you, man? Gentlemen, I'm good. It's good to talk with you guys and actually talk some baseball. You know, uh, and my God, we actually have something to talk about. It's crazy. You know? so, hey. <laughs> We're going to do the thing. Here are three baseball reporters who have not reported on baseball in 10 months. <laughs> I am tired of You remember this day in 2002? Yeah, you know, enough of that. Let's, let's talk present. Absolutely. Well, that, that day happened to last three months up to this point. <laughs> right. Remember that day? Mm, pretty sure yeah. it was all of spring, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, all we did was remember days. So uh, I wanted to get you on here, Kevin, for a lot of different reasons, and one of which was the last time we had a chance to talk to you was, of course, during our live draft show. Yeah. We had to shuffle you in and out, though you provided us with extraordinarily valuable material. I say you came straight with the goods. You got us the quotes from Zach Veen for a presser we were not able to attend on account of we were doing a live draft show. Well, so. you guys are busy or something? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent reporting on that. And since then, there has been further news. We were all, I think, mostly very excited on draft night. But, of course, came the can they sign those guys. The, yep. the news has poured in over the days. They've uh, now just today announced that they've got uh, Chris McMahon. And, Luke, help me out, Patrick. Lyson ring? Uh, we'll buy that. All right, they're I'll uh, buy that. yeah. Thanks, guys. Seems about right. Thanks for the vote of confidence. Uh, like eh, probably. Yes. So are are you uh, in the camp of concerned about Romo now? Um, is yeah. this draft still a win for the Rockies if they don't get Romo? I think it is, uh, just because you know. And, and one of the things that, uh, and I heard your your uh, interview with Freeland. Well done there. You know, Kevin Freeland, of course, but. Uh, uh, one of the, the great things that I, I'm looking forward to maybe have happening is, you know, there's talk that a lot of teams are going to be bringing in their first round draft picks 
into uh, as part of the taxi squad to really get a lookout. So, you know, we could be seeing Zach Bean real soon, uh, which I think is super exciting. And I, I think McMahon is in there as well. And if those two guys pan out, yes, Romo will be the, the cherry on top if they can actually get him to sign. You know, but uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about that. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, Arizona just has been a team that's been you know, a bit aggressive. Corbin Carroll, one of their first-round picks from last year. Bryce Jarvis, who went 18th overall. He was, he was our guy, A.J. Hayfley's, you know, one of his favorite pitchers uh, out of the University of Duke. He's been tabbed as one of those guys on the taxi squad. So I think, as you said, certainly Chris McMahon having that, that college experience. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe the high school players, we don't know how teams are going to view yep. this taxi squad. Maybe they only need 10 guys. So you know what? We got 10 other players that we just want to help their development. And yep. we're not, we don't plan on using them at all. So, you know, this is something I hadn't really considered until you brought it up, Kevin. But I, I could see a scenario where they go, yeah, let's just have the he's – he's our 60th guy on the roster. Yep. He's not going to play, but he's going to be around all of these guys. He's getting like an early taste of spring training. It's going to help with his development. You know, and that's the key as well as, you know, the Rockies will actually get a look at. Him. You know, I mean, obviously they've seen him, they've scouted him and everything else. But whenever you actually now have the chance to have him there – maybe as part of that taxi squad. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's such a bad thing. It's a silver lining in all this that's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like, I, had, I hadn't even considered that. I'm, I'm glad. You're, now, now I'm really excited yeah. to see if we get down there. I might actually get to see Zach Veen take some swings. You know? Pretty cool. Well, seriously. Yeah. You know, he talked about wanting to hit a course. Hey, just saying. So I know he's worked out with Brendan Rodgers, so, I mean, there's obviously a, a pretty good relationship there. So And, and we don't really know how – I don't know if they could squeeze in any extra guys. I'm sure MLB is going to be pretty tight about, you no, know, it's 60. You can't, you know, bring in just a, a couple extra guys for fun. Yeah. So, so. Uh, he would have to be a part of that. But, yeah, the very very well could be a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see which way they go. And I think uh, Sunday's whenever they're going to, to make the call on who's going to be there and who isn't. So I'm anxious to see who the rocks roll out and uh, who we get a chance to finally see again. Yeah. That'll be really interesting. Well, Sadly, for those of, to everyone who's ever gotten to meet or speak with him, someone we will not be seeing again on a Major League Diamond is, of course, former Colorado Rockies pitcher Chad Bettis, who announced his retirement yesterday. Uh, Kevin, thoughts, feelings, favorite story? I, I think most of us are feeling close to the same, but I want to just give you the floor here. No, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, yeah, that, that night that he came back, uh, my God, the energy in that place. You know, we talked all the time about Nolan's walk-off and, of course, Freeland almost doing the no-no and so many great things that have happened in course in recent years. But it's going to be hard to top that moment that Chad got back out there and didn't just get back out there, but he excelled, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I'll tell you, that that's something I don't think I'll ever forget. And uh, best Chad best story I've got is I actually talked to him whenever he got sent back to Colorado Springs one time. I went down to the Springs to talk to him. And to be perfectly honest, he was not in the mood to chat uh, and he basically started off by saying, look, I suck. I know right now I suck, but we can talk about this if you want to. So it was the world's shortest interview. I probably got three quotes out of him, but he knew where he was. He knew what he had to do to get back to Colorado. And, you know, but that, that's who he was as well. He didn't ever really sugarcoat anything, and, and he would uh, openly talk to you about stuff. So good guy and certainly wish him all the best. The only time I saw Bettis in, in Colorado Springs was – 
the final year of the Sky Sox. So it was 2018. He was, uh, I think it was a rehab start, and it started pouring buckets like it, it loves to do down in the springs yeah. around 8 o'clock. And if you've ever been to that stadium, it's unfortunately one of the reasons why it's on the chopping block and, and, and it, it, it may be on its, its way out. Uh, besides the fact that the, the batting indoor batting cage is on the first base side, so visiting teams had to go down these set of concrete steps to go onto the field and walk across. Well, anyway, it started pouring raining, and you see all these guys, you know, ducking for cover, going up the steps. Bettis was going up five steps at a time, and his sprint speed was unlike anything. And just getting up those steps to the concourse and to the clubhouse was was one of the more impressive things I, I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I happened to catch Chad in in like the complete opposite mood of of when Kevin was talking to him. Uh, very near the very end of his tenure here in Colorado. In fact, I I don't believe he's pitched since we had this conversation. So um, you know he had been hurt. And he had come back into the clubhouse to tell us that he was shutting it down for the end of the season. Uh, he wasn't going to pitch again. Uh, he had a very forthcoming conversation with the entire media scrum. I felt like he stood there for a good 10, 12. Uh, Kevin, I assume you were there for that. Um, and a number of us hung around. I wasn't the only one. I just grabbed 10 minutes of one-on-one. But, I mean, literally just 10 minutes of one-on-one time. And, you know, he, he knew he wasn't going to pitch again the rest of the year. And maybe in his mind, he knew it was possible that his career was over. But uh, the amount of information he shared with me, both on and off the record, about the Coors Field hangover effect and trying to pitch on the road and all the things that these guys and the way he went to bat for his teammates, the way the whole conversation was just like, my guys don't get enough credit, man. They, and he said that uh, many, many times and uh, that that was at the forefront of his mind the whole time. I'm like, Chad, but like, how is it hard for you when you go on the road? It's like, whatever, man. Kyle Freeland got screwed. You know, like, like that guy should have been the second in Cy Young at worst. And where's the credit? If Larry Walker takes 10 years to get into the Hall of Fame, why isn't Kyle Freeland a Cy Young winner? And I'm like, quote, 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 quote. So I got a lot of my, my best stuff from Chad in that last conversation. And so, yeah, you listen well. He was a guy who would uh, always stick up for his teammates. And, you know, I, I don't know that people who worked in the clubhouse realize how important he was to the development of these young guys coming in and how much he really was that leader in the rotation so long. And, and you know, it, it's hard to think of him as a veteran. And I have to be honest, whenever I heard he was retiring, I was just like, guys, got to still have some stuff left in the tank, you know. But, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but I, I think his um, – uh, effect on the rotation and these young guys like Freeland, Marquez, Gray, all these Hoffman, all these guys. I don't. I think it will always be undervalued. I really do. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they they keep him if they bring him back and keep him around the team. Patrick, who was the guy? I just had the, I texted you when I was at spring training, and there was a lefty. Who was the lefty reliever? I'm blanking on his name. Either one of you is a trivia ben question. Bowden. Help me here. No, uh, it was a veteran from a few years ago. He's retired. The Rockies brought him in. He was decent but then he was hurt all the time never really put it together as a veteran he did a lot of great stuff in the in the veteran community why am i blanking on his oh. name he, help he's me an out, active fellas. player i love no playing no, no. This game. he's retired i love playing a, this game with my uh, older uncles all right give me some more Mike, stuff lefty reliever in the, in the last several years but he Dunn? retired mike dunn okay oh, this was oh fun. Okay. okay there we go we this got is, there, a new, is this gonna be a new 
yeah. uh, segment, one of the games that we play. Guess the random the player Drew is talking about. <laughs> yes. Who the hell is Drew talking about? Okay, he. You know his. You know how you have eyebrows, right? Well, <laughs> you just trail off. You're like, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good round of who the hell is Drew talking about? Oh, Mike okay. Dunn. Yes. So yeah. to bring it back to the conversation we're having, I saw Mike Dunn doing some stuff in the bullpen with the Rockies at spring training, presumably just you know because they like his mind for the game. And he what did he make? Thirty appearances for the Rockies at most, but. So I can see Chad Bettis, especially as a guy who has this understanding yeah. of the Coors and Hangover and all this stuff, and he grew up in it. Um, I hope that they find a way to keep him around. Yeah, and if you see that look that Bud gave him that night that he came back there in the dugout when he was congratulating him, I, I tell you, I, I, I saw that again this weekend when all the highlights were playing. I was just like, that relationship right there, that tells you everything you need to know. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chad's back at some point for sure. And if he doesn't want to do that, the guy is extremely articulate. He could go into he could take all of our jobs in a heartbeat. He could start a podcast I'd listen to tomorrow. Uh, that's it'll for be, sure. Be, I, he loves his Red Raiders, so uh, I'd be curious to see if he goes down. Uh, you know, works as a pitching coach, does battle with Tulowitzki at the University of Texas. It could be a fun little you know a fun Big Twelve going Rocky absolutely. South, Mister yeah. Holiday there in Oklahoma State, absolutely very that's possible. Right. Okay. Yep, sure. Let's go. We're getting the band back together. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I want to get your thoughts on on the big, big Rockies topic that sadly has to re-become the big, big Rockies topic. Oh, yeah. And for it, I'm going to have to crack open some Breck Brew. I'm going to have to get my vanilla porter. I'm going to have to use my promo code DNVR and order from the farmhouse here in a little while and drive down there and get some food because I'm going to need to eat through the stress of this as well as it returns to our lives so you get your Breck brew, you get your food, you use that promo code. I like the Mile High Copper Lager, though, right now. Uh, vanilla Porter is just what I have because I drank all my Mile High Copper Lagers because <laughs> it's a summer baseball beer. And in celebration of summer coming back, I was like, throw them all down. That's what we do. And, of course, we've got to get Kevin's thoughts on the returning drama that surrounds the star player of the Colorado Rockies, Nolan Arenado, you wrote a great article on Rock's Pile five or 12 years ago. I can't yeah. remember. Time yeah. is irrelevant. Back when I had dark hair, absolutely. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I thought it did a great job of explaining the impact of this lockdown on the future of Arenado and the Rockies. And I don't want to give too much of it away, but I, I was just hoping you could. Um, no, let's, let's roundtable it here because because honestly, that's the that's the thought, or at least the hopeful thought, is the fact that let's say, God forbid, the Rockies start off slow. You know the drums are going to start beating. You know, oh my gosh. But I think that what we're looking at, you're looking at a short season, so you would have less, obviously, games for no one to play for, God forbid, the Cardinals. Uh, which is what I keep hearing. And our friends up in St. Louis who have the sister side just keep DMing me. Is it going to happen? You know, no. So, um, <laughs> but, but I think the fact that the economics now of what's going to happen next year with the opt-out and everything else, and, and of course we've talked ad nauseum about economics and what's happening with, with COVID-19. But I do think that honestly that has helped that no one's going to stay here. Now, what happens in a short season? Can the Rockies actually prove that there's still that nucleus? You know, and then obviously with some of the contracts that are coming off the books next year, can they build around him and say 2021? You, Story, Chuck, you guys are going to be our, our, our pounding blocks here. 
But I, I do think that while we all hate the short season, while we all hate what it's done to baseball, again, a silver lining could be that this keeps Nolan actually in Colorado and that a lot of other teams either don't want to spend what the Rockies are going to ask for him or they don't have the money because of what has happened with the economy right now. So that's that's the 30,000-foot the view, and here's hoping, honestly. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's a that's a brilliant, brilliant take on it, I, for sure, because, you know, again – when you get to the point of, of, of the trade deadline, which will now be August 31st, again, that that's what's going to be ultimately, you know, 30 games into the season, 35 games into the season. Yeah. And, and even, even on a, on a poor start, anything can happen. Right. And you say, well, you know, Nolan thinking about, man, I've given this team a shot. They don't have it. I can't, you know, even think about spending the next two months, you know, until I get to the, to the end of the season, before I can reevaluate now to the end of the season is, is going to be four weeks mm-hmm. at that point. So yeah. it's like, all right, maybe I owe it to these guys at least to stick around. And I, I'm going to ask for a trade in the off season. But again, as you pointed out, do you still have that, those financial issues um, of, of teams worrying about money? And, you know, Cardinals owner Bill DeWitt, DeWitt has said, you know, owning a baseball team is not very lucrative. So yeah. maybe the Cardinals don't actually have that money after all. <laughs> right. So the poor guys, I mean, just God, God bless them. They're out at the King Supers asking for handouts. It's very sad. It yeah. sure does undercut their entire message. I think as Kevin is pointing out here, right? That it's like very difficult to be like, we've got no money. And then the off season shows up and, and say, we're going to pay Nolan Arenado more than the $35 million a year. The Colorado Rockies were going to pay him or whatever that, rates to in our new world i i just don't see it i mean I, re- I really don't and maybe it's the purple sunglasses or whatever it might be but you know patrick as you said a minute ago they get to the trade deadline you've really got 25 30 games left in the season at that point uh you know are you really going to return what the rockies are going to ask for which i hope is going to be astronomical are you going to return that for 25 or 30 seeds 30 games and no one and then no you're going to pay him to keep him around after one more year i just don't see it um, and and and, uh, and what about this too? Is that we we talked about these these top prospects? Even even someone like Zach Veen, maybe he slips on onto a roster, right? Um, starting pitchers seem more likely. Chris McMahon might be able to help out for two starts at the end of the season. Well, the Rockies are going to want back major league talent. Well, if we're talking about the Cardinals or anyone else, they're going to need those guys, right, to make this final push. So now, what could a team give? Now, now they're giving you, you know, players that were international free agents. I mean, hey, that's how the Padres got Fernando Tatis as kind of like the final piece in a James Shields deal. But again, if Colorado wants to get kind of what they they typically do, major league ready talent, they're not going to be able to do it during this 2020 season. They would have to wait at the off season at the earliest. Yeah, agreed. Agreed there. And go ahead, Kevin. No, no, I, I'm going to switch topics. So go ahead. Let's finish it up. I, I was just going to say, and in addition to us not being doctors or economists, we are also not psychologists or psychiatrists. But I, I also even sensed in some of the public statements that Nolan Arenado has made uh, a kind of shift in tone. And I know they were about other things, but he even talked about having a whole new perspective yeah. in this lockdown and thinking about and, and when you think about the nature of his problem which really was I'm treated like a star and I make a ton of money and I'm on a team that's good, but maybe not as good as I want them to be. 
I could see how that might, in a human being's mind, have shifted a little bit in terms of its importance. Um, and maybe how an organization is loyal to its players might come up a little bit in terms of yeah. its importance. Well, and, and one of the things I'm going to be most fascinated about, and I'm sure you guys as well, whenever we finally get the whole media scrum back together and everything else, it's going to be asking what kind of communication was there with Nolan in the offseason? Did things get mended? Was, were there words of encouragement about what's coming? Uh, you know, and, and I think that that's going to be such a big thing. You know, I still remember you and I were down in Arizona whenever he was talking about that he's auditioning for 29 other teams this season. And it was just like, oh, God. You know, but I, I think what you said is exactly right. Perspective has changed a lot with everything that's gone on and not having baseball. You know, I think we all realize how much that we, we miss it and how we maybe took it a little bit for granted. Uh, you know, those, uh, you know, late June days against the Diamondbacks don't sound so bad right now. You know, bring it on. So, hey. 100%. Yep. Uh, so, I do want to get into the real fun talk here in a second. And people have no idea what's coming. <laughs> but before, before we can do that, I've got to remind everyone that I am, just for the record, very well educated. And part of that is from our friends over at MSU Denver Online. They do a fantastic job there. Whether you're starting something out, whether you want to finish out a degree, whether you're just trying to pick up a new tool in your tool belt, you want a new... Uh, vocation, you, you just want to take some classes so that you can be much better at your side uh, hustle. Like any number of things that you can do at MSU Denver online, msudenver.edu slash online, excuse me, head there, check out everything that they have got to offer. I promise you, you're not going to uh, miss out. If you're, if you're looking for an online education, don't go to one of those traditional universities that in April of 2020 was Googling how to teach people stuff online. No, go to the experts, get your stuff done from the people who've been doing it from the ground up. msudenver.edu slash online. All right. Now we get into the good stuff because <laughs> the, the, now, now, now we, we got to cross it over here because we've, we've all witnessed some, uh, let's call it, bickering, battling, rumbling between the players and the owners. And we are all rumbler fans ourselves. Kevin, we see you've got your cult of personality shirt on today. We are so excited for the representation of CM Punk. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I, I heard you all talking earlier about what a big weekend this is with golf going on at DMVR and everything else. And I just want to remind you that it's nine years ago Saturday, nine years ago, that CM Punk dropped the infamous pipe bomb on Monday wow. Night Raw. So wow. I mean, it's a big weekend here at the Henry House as we celebrate the, the ninth anniversary of the pipe bomb. So, <laughs> you know, hey, I, I, I uh, hope and pray at some point he comes back into WWE, but we'll see. Hey, just throwing it out there. I feel right? like each day that goes by that he's connected, I think, with, with – WWE obviously on on the the SmackDown show and I yep. know that's not run by WWE. I think it it increases the likelihood that he'll come back. You know, time heals all wounds. Certainly a you know a, a seven figure paycheck will and he'll have you know, <laughs> that also helps. One, yeah, he'll have <laughs> the that, time and the and the hundreds of thousands of dollars. They'll have that last match until maybe another last match, but yep. come back. Who who is that guy that if there if there's one match and maybe it's not even necessarily against a guy that right now is in WWE and 
you know, certainly they could, you know, swoop anybody up. But who would you like for CM Punk to go out, you know, oh, one last time wow. for a feud? Is it is it the Loaded obvious question? One? Look, now Patrick's bringing the fire. I didn't know Bryan? he was going to put you on the hot seat yeah, like this. Absolutely. Is Daniel Bryan the obvious one? I think it is, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, just those guys and their indie backgrounds and everything else. I think to have Daniel Bryan and, and Punk go at it, you know. I mean, the Edge Orton thing now that they're back and, you know, doing all that and everything else. But, you know, some of the best moments, and I'll tell you, it was a very uh, – I've always rooted for the bad guys. I just have. That's yeah. that's just who I am. But that was something that when my daughter was growing up, you know, she was a Cena guy. I was a punk guy. And, man, you know, we went to SummerSlam when they had the, the world uh, champion uniting and Albert, Alberto Del Rio came out with the, the money in the bank. But that's oh. So anyway, uh, you know, but but no, I, I think to have him and Daniel Bryan and have them build up something, I think that would be fascinating. I, I know I'd watch. How about you guys? What do you think? Yeah, I think Bryan's got to be a top choice. AJ Styles is is another sort of obvious one yeah. to to see the yeah. two of them get in there together. Like it's all, like the ring technician guys, right? Like yeah. the really great in ring guys. I don't know that he's. I would assume somewhere out there that he's faced both of those people like during their ring of honor days, right. That Daniel Bryan and yeah, yeah, back AJ back. styles. Absolutely. So I'm wondering like, who's the best, like homegrown, like, did, uh, what about Seth Rollins? Is CM Punk did, did they, did they do a Seth Rollins? I would they imagine they've, cross- I'm thinking no, maybe not, maybe no, not. I'm thinking yeah. was, I could get into that. Yeah. And they've never, they've never, they, even if they did have a match, it would have been black versus punk when he was Tyler black and, and ROH. Uh, for really gonna go uh, digging right. deep, but I think two guys, the one guy that hasn't, I'm I'm 99 sure hasn't, can almost guarantee it is is Adam Cole, Bebe. Oh, that I yeah, think would be a, a, a nice little go. match too. I know you know Cole's not quite the same a technician on on the level of, of Daniel Bryan and um, AJ Styles, but seeing those two guys with their their personalities, I think that could help. Maybe elevate Cole if that could be a good way to, to bring him on to you know Raw or SmackDown. I, I think he's he's a little undersized. It does make me think that that's kind of what NXT has become as a brand for these monsters to kind of get them developed to bring them onto the the main platform. But these smaller guys like Tommaso Ciampa, hang out, yeah, Johnny Gargano, Gargano, those would be great matches too with Punk. But they're yeah. smaller guys and they're kind of leaving them down in NXT. I think for a reason, and that's okay. But maybe you use Punk as a platform for Cole to jump up, and you say, you know what, he's going to be a heavyweight champ in WWE now. Well, if they had Charlotte Flair down there, you know, at NXT and trying to work her into the storyline, hey, who knows? You know, I mean, seriously, very possible. Yeah, no, that that's that's really, and you just reminded me now for a promo off. I don't know that I need to see the match, but I need to see Velveteen Dream and CM Punk. Oh. I need to see that program. I just need to see the promos, the two of them cutting each other down. There, by the way, if you're just now tuning into the DNVR Wrestling Podcast, <laughs> you're wondering what in the world we're talking about. This is fun because Patrick and I have been uh, unable to launch the DNVR Wrestling okay. Podcast. <laughs> but I'll tell you, when when Punk took over Nexus, you know those were some of the great moments, honestly, as far as his mic work and just selling the bat. Selling the baddies at their height, man. I tell you, but yeah, I miss that too. And if he could get matched up with somebody else who's that excellent on the mic, that'd be tremendous. Well, I, think, I think I saw something, you know, reading, reading the sheets as as we do, 
that that Wade Barrett was approached to like try to to bring Nexus back. So that could be interesting if you know because Punk has obviously never been in NXT, but says you know kind of does the whole well Nexus back in NXT. We kind of were the the originals, you know, a little bit, and you know doing something like that to to try to take over, uh, you know, the, the entire NXT platform could be cool. relatively interesting. I'm sure Heath Slater would enjoy uh, getting the word. <laughs> He's got kids. He's got kids. He's got kids, you know? Yeah, bring back Ryback. Come on, bring them all back. Absolutely. Come on. That would be interesting. Uh, do you have a favorite heel of choice these days, Kevin, now that now the you book's know, not in it? So I, I'm a horrible person, but I'd probably switch more over to AEW now. Uh, you know, I really have. And I don't think that that – I think that makes you a fan of quality wrestling. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. Yeah, but what Jericho's been doing over there and how they've been building oh. it, it's, it's been impressive. It really has. We got Champion. Oh, Champion. Pop a little bubbly, baby. Absolutely. You know, seriously. That is good stuff. Yeah, it's fun, man. It is. So. Yeah, I saw uh, JR was uh, upset at TSA in Oklahoma City because he couldn't get out the other day to get there for uh, whatever he needed to do to prep for AEW. I'm just like, see, it's a good old days right there. You get JR <laughs> back in there too, it's all good. Oh, man. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do a little bit more of this on the podcast. I've got a, a buddy who's on the indie wrestling scene here. Uh, he holds a belt somewhere. I can't remember now. we got to get him back on the, the podcast uh, come in because he's also a huge Rockies guy. We gotta we gotta figure out to which of the guys in the clubhouse because I know some of them are and I haven't been able to fit. Like I asked Corey Little and he was like, I have no idea. I was like, Of course you're not. Of course, come on. <laughs> well, it was Canely that used to have the belt in, right? Then he used to have it hanging in his locker. Tommy Canely. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Canely yeah. was in New York. He used to have the belt. I haven't seen it uh, passed around anywhere else, but there's got to be some yeah. there for sure. Patrick did the story last year with Josh Reddick, who was trying to angle to get into right. the Royal Rumble. Right. <laughs> yeah, some uh, some things probably uh, prevented WWE from uh, utilizing a Houston Astros player uh, in a Falls Count Anywhere match, just not up the tunnel. Oh, that's probably the no. that's probably the the last time WWE is is saying no to somebody. It's not the other way around, right? Uh, maybe so you're saying the Houston Astros shouldn't purposefully go show up at things that are rigged. Maybe yeah. the irony of it, right? Absolutely. Either that, oh. or either that, or the guy uh, banging the, the the trash can might have been Tommy Dreamer or Raven. Or, you know, back in the ECW days. Those are great callbacks. Congratulations to anyone who's understood all of this and stuck or through any. it with us, oh, yeah. and literally any of it. Uh, Hulk Hogan, he's a wrestler. There you go. Now you're <laughs> there you go. All right, there. Hulk Hogan and The Rock. Now you, now you feel more welcome. Uh, you'll always feel welcome, by the way, out on the WGT golf course because it's both outside and inside. You feel like you're outside, but you're in the safety of your own home in the digital world. You can download it for free at dnvrgolf.com. You can challenge us anytime. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play. You can join our country club. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We got a big tournament coming up this weekend. The face-off, one of both of our country clubs going up against each other, so that's going to be fun and interesting. Uh, and then Kevin, I wanted to get you out of here on this man. I just wanted to give you give you the floor to give us your rocky season predictions. Now I know we're all feeling stuff out, so you know if you don't have 
because I don't have wind totals or any of that stuff yet. Just general feels. How are you feeling right now about how this season is going to go for the Rockies? I'm, I'm feeling really good about those first three guys in the rotation, and I'm feeling really questionable after that. I mean, just to be perfectly <laughs> honest. So uh, I think the first that first time through the rotation is going to tell us a lot. And, you know, Dave Roberts of uh, the Dodgers said earlier this week he's only going to lay his guys go four innings uh, at max starter-wise. So who do the Rocks have in long relief that we're going to trust to bring in and can actually hold it down to get to the back end? So I, I feel confident, uh, but I think they've got to figure out if there's really that middle relief, long relief guy that they can bring in on multiple occasions as we start the season. If, if that's how Bud Black chooses to go along with his buddy Dave Roberts, we'll see. It might sound wishy-washy, but the Rockies can both make the postseason and set a record for least amount of wins in the same season. <laughs> and you're like, pick a side. It's kind of the same side. It's 2020. Let's get weird. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? You know, right. right? <laughs> if you they had to finish in last place and not have their most losses in a season, again, you right. can have both of these things. Uh... Like, be true, yes. We're all feeling it out as we go through. Gut feeling, postseason team? Um, expanded postseason team? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Expanded postseason team. Okay. How many teams are in the expanded postseason? Fifteen? Yeah. Yeah. No. No, I, I, uh, I think if, you, if you're sticking with the original lock, I think it's going to be tough. I really do. I think uh, that NL and AL West is going to be tough this year. Mm-hmm. And but as we say, anything can happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing what it does happen. Yeah, and we get to Kevin. Yeah. We get to watch baseball. A few yeah. days ago, we didn't know for sure. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully, we have no idea whether we'll get to see you at the ballpark or if we'll see you in scrums that are Zoom meetings with yeah. everybody. <laughs> Worst case, we'll see each other like this. And uh, you know, as long as there there's actually baseball statistics to dive into and managerial decisions to question. I'm down. Let's do it. We, we have to get ready. This is how we'll recognize each other. Let's study the eyebrows. <laughs> right. Focus on the eyeballs and eyebrows, and we'll be able to recognize each other. Hey, whatever it takes, man. I'm in. That's Sounds right. Good. Me too. Exactly. That's right. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Make sure. Can you give us your uh, – what can people follow? And, and all of your writers, too. Let us know. Like, plug. Plug yeah. away, brother. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, Rockspile, uh, R-O-X-P-I-L-E. That's where we do all our stuff. Got a, got a great group that helps us out. And very, very some very opinionated guys out there, too. Uh, and, and I've got to give a quick shout-out to my uh, my buddy up in Ohio who helps me run the site, Noah Yingling. Noah's great. Uh, and uh, hopefully it's going to be a great play-by-play guy one of these days, too, whenever they, the miners start rehiring again. So there you go. Absolutely. Nice. Cool. Make sure you're following everybody on social media. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. You take advantage of the sales we got going on at the merch store right now. You're checking out all the written material over at Rock's Pile. They really do a fantastic job, and I know you can never get enough Rockies content, you weird, weird people. So thank you for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Kevin Henry, Andrew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark.